Blog Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a dream. Yeah. No, you got one. No, you got one. Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups 
slash Ryan and Brian. So we always have the Facebook conversation going on at the same time that we have the live show going on. So I uh, shout out the band. He's got time to comment on the thread. Hopefully he has time to write a new blog for that legal thing. Fanlegal.com. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, but uh, no, nah, just messing with man. But uh, I do have an announcement, man. Next uh, month, March 30th, I am going to be uh, partaking in an event uh, in Baltimore called the Black Wall Street. Uh, it's going to be at the Pikesville Library. For those who know Donnie Glover, uh, bmorenews.com, he's doing a big uh, networking event uh, focusing on black businesses, and he's uh, called me to come in and head. He's having an author's uh, roundtable uh, panel discussion. So I will be heading that panel discussion, helping authors. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that I uh, really, my, my passions that I do is I help other authors uh, market their books, uh, sell more pretty much, and uh, really uh, become professional uh, authors is more than just writing a book. So we're going to be heading up that. Uh, more details to come, but, again, March 30th is going to be at the Pikesville Library in uh, Pikesville, Maryland. So that is yeah, coming up. Yeah, and actually, since you mentioned it, I, I, I did notice that you were on a radio show this week, man. Well, I didn't even hear anything about it. I'm, I'm on I'm on Facebook, and I see these pictures, and you're, like, in a, in a studio with a couple ladies next to you, and, and, you know, you got the headset on with the fuzzy mics and everything. Why don't you take a <laughs> quick second and let us know what that was all about? That's right. It's official. You know, that that I was at, that was official. That was a, a Tuesday. It was an impromptu thing. I just kind of rolled up. I had an open invitation. Actually, the same gentleman, Donnie Glover, I went on there and um, spot, uh, was on his show. You know, I got the new book. So uh, it's been a while since I had a book. I had to kind of switch from being in publisher mode back to author mode. So that means more media coverage and doing those interviews again and uh, really getting the word out there. I was scheduling the book signings coming up. So I'll be on his show for the next couple of weeks leading up to this uh, Black Wall Street event. Uh, but, yeah, it's good to be back in there again. W-O-L-B, 1010 AM is one of the uh, Radio 1 um, AM stations here in Maryland and Baltimore. So uh, definitely, man, just getting back into the uh, the mix, getting back out there as the talent, so to speak, uh, more so than uh, the behind-the-scenes thing. So uh, just, just getting back out there. I guess the book. It was just released a couple of weeks ago, so this is what it is. Trying to get out there. So anybody else listening want to bring me on your show, definitely hit me up. You can hit us up at uh, info at robbrosshow dot com. Uh, email us there, and I can go ahead and we can book that. So both of us are always available for speaking engagements. Just to put that out there. Right. So. Definitely. We got we got a lot to say. We got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's you up, man. Let's let's go ahead and uh, you know we we've talked enough. Let's go ahead and jump into the show. Uh, you know, we, we, we have a segment that we, we try to do on a regular basis, but it's, it's hard to find good comedians. So we kind of do it when we can get it done. And I want you to go ahead and kind of take us into this next segment. you got a special friend of yours on the line that we want to bring onto the show. All right. Well, uh, it's my pleasure to introduce the next guest. And, and, I, and I will tell you that, that me and this guy, um, we go back to probably, man, about seven, eight years old. We we didn't grow up in the same neighborhood, but we kind of, you know, there there were different hoods in Ann Arbor, and he was like from from the sisterhood of, of my of mine. So <laughs> so I had cousins out there in his neighborhood. He had some out in my neighborhood. So we we just met each other that way. Uh, this is uh, comedian Melden Williams. Welcome to the show. Yes. Yes. Thanks a lot. How y'all doing, man? Doing incredible. How about you? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Trying to battle this cold, man. Y'all got it freezing up here in the deuce. 
Oh, I know, I know. I'll tell you what, uh, now, I, I didn't give you a background, but uh, Melden is from Ann Arbor, but he's he's been living in Atlanta, so he got, you know, a little spoiled by the um, – by the the nice weather, but he's he's been touring different different venues in Atlanta, all over the country, and he does some he does some some um, shows here. So just wanted to talk to you, Melden, just about how you got into comedy first and foremost, because I I, I know you were you were always kind of funny as a kid, or you tried to be. But talk to us a little bit about how you actually became a professional comic. Well, basically, yeah, like you said, I was, uh, you know, I wouldn't consider myself the class clown when we were young uh, in school because the class clown didn't know they, they didn't do their work. But I, uh-huh. you know, I, I actually did my work, but I, you know, every now and then I, you know, get a good one off. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I've been entertaining people for a while. But uh, as far as me, um, just actually trying to start, you know, uh, taking it, you know, perfecting it as an art. Uh, a friend of mine and I <clears throat> were started writing together. He was pretty much the talent. He was the guy that would pretty much have everybody cracking up at all times, and I was just kind of like the producer guy. I was behind the scenes, you know. I was just kind of like, you know, throwing events and all uh, all that kind of stuff. And so as he and I were writing, man, he, uh, you know, kind of got in some trouble. And, uh, you know, a nice way to put it is he had to go away for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not you mentioned. So, 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 uh, <laughs> So so it was uh, you know, just kind of me, you know, with all this material that I had written, you know, basically for, you know, him to uh, say and uh, no one to say it. And so, uh, you know, just kind of like one of those things. I said, like, you know what, man, I kind of want to see if this stuff works. I went down to a comedy club uh, here in Ann Arbor, uh, and, and, hey, the rest is history. And I've been doing That was five years ago. I've been doing it for five years now. Excellent. Now, uh, you know, some one thing that I that I tend to find out. I mean, you talked about your friend who 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 was the talent, and 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 I know him. He's actually really funny. Uh, but sometimes you can't really just you know you, telling jokes on the corner is different than telling jokes at a comedy show. So t- exactly. tell us a little bit about how you kind of prepared to to move from you know actually uh, you know not even just being funny, but you talked about writing the jokes uh, to performing on stage exactly well uh yeah uh i actually have a background uh in uh writing i'm very interested in it on the uh you know other levels than just comedy i uh, have a writing degree from uh western michigan that's where i uh you know went to school and so uh you know like i said i've been you know writing for a while and um yeah like as far as just kind of you know wanting to do it as a you know being a professional comic it was just something where I just kind of started looking at the other guys, uh, looking at a lot of uh, ways that they, you know, kind of perfected their craft. A lot of the uh, people that they said they were listening to, you know, the Priors, the Murphys, uh, you know, Cosby, uh, Seinfeld, all of them, and just kind of listening to them and uh, seeing how to structure a joke. Uh, mm-hmm. Once I started doing that, once I started actually doing that, just kind of like spending Friday evenings, you know, in there watching them instead of going out, that's when I knew that I was interested in it. And I was like, you know what, this is something that you might, you know, want to start, uh, want to start doing you know, like on a, on a on a kind of permanent basis. So, got you. No, well, no. Let me ask you this, Ryan. Um, as you were coming up and learning the craft and, and deciding to become a professional, who were some of uh, your inspirations and maybe some of the comics that you met? Um, along the way to kind of help you out? Uh, well, definitely, I just mentioned a couple that I uh, was influenced by, but, uh, you know, definitely uh, Pryor, definitely Richard Pryor. I remember being young, 
to the point where I think I've, I've heard other uh, comics saying this, but uh, young to the point where I wasn't even supposed to be listening to his material. You know, I'm just kind of sneaking and watching. You know, you and sneaking and listening to. It. That's when you know you're kind of interested in something. When you know you, when you know you're risking a butt whooping to, to do it. You know. So, so yeah, I was uh, listening to Pryor at an early age, man. And then um, uh, there was a new guy that came uh, on the scene. Uh, he, uh, you know, passed away unexpectedly. Um, but uh, Robin Harris, he was definitely one of my, one of my inspirations, man. And once I saw him, once I saw him, and once I heard him, and once I like memorized all his stuff, he was the guy that made me think, hey, you know what? You could probably do that. You know, that's something right. that you could probably do. I never thought I could do. Probably, oh man, Pryor, no, like he just. Mm-mm. He was just, you know, he was too too good. He had everything, um, you know, down packed. But once I saw Robin Harris and how, you know, down home he was, just how, you know, just how uh, regular he pretty much was, but how he could make everyone laugh and command the room. That's right. I said, you know what, that's probably something that you could do. Well, you know, it's funny because Ryan actually asked, like, people that you run into uh, that influenced you, and then you bring up all these dead comics. I'm, I'm thinking you're like the comedian whisperer or something, or something like that. I'm like, man, what is this dude? Where, where is he going? But, but no, well, I, you, know, you know what? I might have I might have misunderstood the question. I thought I heard. Did you say the guy that I run into? Like, yeah, no, no, he said both, man. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But, oh, but one oh, thing okay. I did see. One thing that I did see, I saw that that you met John Witherspoon, man, from uh, you know, yeah. from the Wayans Brothers, the Mister Bam, Bam, Bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell, tell us about that. Oh, that was that was awesome. I actually didn't even perform that night. Um, you know, it was at the Funny Bone in uh, Toledo, and I just basically went uh, with a friend. He was uh, you know, performing that night, and um, tell you how humble he is. That's why you know, like dealing with uh, you know, this cat. He's a really good uh, friend of mine. Now we were on our way there. He didn't have a ride. He's like, hey man, you wanna you know go down to this uh, show with me tonight? And I was like, yeah, man, of course. Comedy, let's go. So I drive him down there. He, he, we talk about everything, but you know, like what's about to happen at the show. So we finally get there, and, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, you know, he runs in, and, you know, so I go park the car, and I come in, and he's like, yeah, are you here for the John Witherspoon show? And I'm like, excuse me? And I was like, I, I had no idea. Like, it was, you know, I just thought it was, you know, a couple of up-and-coming comics. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Witherspoon was in the building that night, and he, you know what, it's so funny that I never thought, you know, okay, he's got the movies, he's got the um, Williams Brothers, he's got all that stuff, but I had never seen him do stand-up. And so I was just, there's some guys that's out there, you know, oh, man, they got the movies and all that, but can they command the stage? Can they do stand-up? I swear to God, guys, if you haven't seen John Witherspoon, hey, see John Witherspoon do stand-up. He had a strong hour and 15 minutes, like a strong wow. hour. Uh, strong hour and 15. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, that night uh, it was pretty cool, man. He uh, took pictures afterwards, and, yeah, that's, that's when I got a chance to meet him. Uh, that's real nice. So uh, so you you do some traveling. You talked about going to Toledo, which is right down the road, so that was that was easy. Uh, but what are some other places that you've been, and do you have any uh, – I'm sure there's some funny things that happened on the road. Could you tell us about any of that? Oh, definitely. Oh, man, like in the five years that I've been uh, getting down, man, I've uh, done uh, quite a few spots. Like I said, I've kind of spanned, spanned the country. I mean, I've uh, done the laugh um, – I mean, not the laugh factor, but the comedy store in uh, Los Angeles. I've uh, done J. Anthony Brown spot in Los Angeles, the J spot. Uh, I've uh, done Broadway Comedy Club in New York, uh, Improv in Fort Lauderdale, Magoobies in Baltimore, and then uh, when I was down in uh, Atlanta, I would uh, you know frequent the Uptown Uptown Comedy Corner. And uh, as, as far as any uh, funny or interesting stories, man, hey, all I can say is that standby is a mother. That's all. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. 
that's that standby on flights, man. Oh my goodness. So I mean it was nothing for me to, you know, like, you know, stand by and, you know, uh and say, Okay, I'm gonna make this gig or I'm gonna go here and then, you know, not get on the flight. So, you know, I'd have to like tell them, Yeah, man, I'm stuck in, you know, here, I'm stuck there and you know, I'm sleeping on couches. I mean, hey, I've, I've done it all. And it's funny when you do this, uh, and you, when you're starting out and you're doing this, like so many people see you when you're glamorous, like Kevin Hart and all of that. I'm sure mm-hmm. he doesn't have to ask for anything. But, you know, when you start, oh, it's a lot of it's humble beginnings, man. You're sleeping on couches. You're sleeping on cots. Are you sleeping in the airport? Like you're doing, you know, all those stuff just for five minutes of stage time. I, uh, I drove down to Grand Rapids the other night um, to do a show that they have in Grand Rapids. Uh, five minutes. That's all you get. So they, they, I, I knew that. You know, I drove down there for two hours. You know, like spent you know thirty, forty dollars in gas, knowing that all I was gonna get was five minutes. But hey, you do it because they have a stage to perform on. You know. Right. Yeah, and I want to ask you um, a question. I had one question. I want to ask the second one now, and not to get into your personal uh, business, but the business of comedy. I mean, what? Yeah, I, I always look at things like that and wonder, like, what is the the range? Uh, say like a, a, a newcomer versus say a almost there comedian. You're talking about you know, getting booked. We we see the, the the grind, but what what kind of return is that? Like how much is a comedian uh, on the range? You know, that's again not asking you personally, but uh, if someone's looking to get into that, what can they expect when they're getting called in to do say one of these showcases uh, in the beginning? You know what? I'm gonna have to be totally honest with you and say that uh, it's it's like a it's a, a work in progress for me right now. Like I like I'm I'm still learning. I'm still learning what you know what that range is. I'm still learning like you know what they pay. Uh, and it's it's always a fine line, kind of like you're saying right now. Like, hey, I don't want to ask you personally. I don't want to. So I'm kind of doing the same thing, trying to you know befriend a couple of these guys and ask them, hey, you know, what should I start doing? What should I ask for? When should I ask for? Like it's, uh, just this up uh, a couple weekend couple weekends ago. I uh, got booked at the Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase uh, here in Ann Arbor. Now I had uh, done, I had emceed before. I had emceed before there, but for free. It was just kind of, hey, I'm gonna try you out and see how you are, this, that, and the other. Well, the uh, owner there finally, you know, you know, saw it, um, saw me good enough to say, hey, you know, I'm gonna want to book you this weekend as the emcee. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. I'm gonna give you 50 bucks a show. So. I mean, hey, that was pretty much that was pretty much like you know, like a, a gig, you know, being booked at a comedy club, and that's five years in the making. So that 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 tells you a lot. Uh, I have um, you know, like been paid, you know, you know, small, you know, fees from uh, other gigs, but a lot of those just had to do with someone was saying, hey, man, I need a comedian for this show, or I need you know, MC for this, I need this, that, and the other. It was just kind of you know, almost. As if they were, you know, saying, "Hey, I need, you know, anything. I need some flyers, whatever." Like that's how they, that's how they were paying me. But that was pretty much my first, you know, time where a comedy club was saying, "Hey, Melvin, you know, I think you're good enough. I think you, you're ready. I want you to MC. I'm gonna, you know, pay you, pay you a, you know, a fee to do two right. shows Friday and two shows Saturday." Well, I'll tell you what. Oh, go ahead, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Well, I was just gonna just real quick. I know as a speaker myself, and that, that's always when you jump into any kind of industry like that. It's always that that dilemma trying to figure out. You know what you're worth, and you know how much you want. But it's the question of exactly. you know, what, what? How do I ask? And what? I don't want to overprice myself. I don't want to lose a gig. You know. And when, how long do you go and say I'm, it's just the exposure versus okay? Now I'm professional, so I definitely appreciate that. And, and you know, it's across the board with any kind of profession. You talk about a service. So uh, that was a, a good answer on that one. Go ahead, Brian. 
Yeah, okay. I was just going to say, um, I know, you know, you're very humble, Melody, um, but uh, but one thing that I can say, when I when I heard you were doing comedy, I was like, oh, Mel's doing comedy. Okay, I, I remember the, the, the uh, 10-day-old hot dog water joke that he told back <laughs> in the day. But I, don't, but I don't know if he's that funny. Then I saw some of your clips because you were in a, there was a it was a comedy kind of Final Four type bracket um uh, competition where you are head to head up against some comments. I saw some of that, and it, and it was really funny. So, so yeah. one thing I will say for those listening, if you get a chance to to check Melton out, check him out. But uh, you don't just get booked for comedy shows. I know that you do. You're you're pretty regular on the on the comedy scene here in town. Could you talk a little bit about kind of what your vision is for that and, and what you've been doing since you've been back? Definitely, yeah. Uh, I am uh, trying my best to, like I said, just hit as many stages and get as many opportunities as possible. So, so yeah, I'm not just, uh, you know, the guy waiting around these comedy clubs to be booked. I also promote, I also produce, like, you know, so I, I create my own shows. So uh, this Friday, as a matter of fact, uh, in Detroit, uh, I have, uh, I'm starting to get a chance to finally, uh, you know, do my own role. So, uh, yeah, I got my own room starting this Friday at a place called McShane's Irish Pub. It's a, kind of a bar, you know, type setting, but it has a stage, and it has, a, you know, like, you know, seating and all that's real appropriate for, like, a, like an open mic night. So I'm going to be hosting that, and I'm going to do that once a month. So mm-hmm. I got, got got some consistency coming. And so, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get folks out to that to definitely kind of, you know, uh, see what it is, see my vision with that. My vision with that is just to get as many, uh, you know, aspiring comics and even seasoned and vet, and seasoned and veteran comics to come out, come down there and grace the stage and also just get better. Uh, a lot of comedians have been telling me, hey, man, if you get a room, like that's one of, one of the biggest blessings ever. Like if you get a room where you're consistently the host and you're up there and you're kind of playing with the house's money and you just kind of, hey, you're, just, you're just cracking people up, Hey, that's 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 a way to get better. So I got that uh, Friday, and then Sunday, uh, a little closer to home, uh, EMU is having a, um, is having like a Oscar party. They're calling it an Oscar Jam. Basically, we all know the Oscars are, are coming on uh, this Sunday, and so uh, you know somebody tapped me and asked me, say, hey, we uh, need a comedian. We want to you know, have a comedian perform at this. So basically, I'm going to kind of do like, a, from what I'm hearing, like an Oscar monologue, you know, kind of mm-hmm. uh, cracking up, cracking some funnies mm-hmm. about the uh, movies and, you know, things of that nature that have been nominated. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, this Sunday. It's going to start at 5, and it's going to, you know, food, you know, free food, free drinks, all of that stuff, free admission. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's going to go all the way. It's going to be black tie as well. So, you know, black tie up there. It's going to be interviews and um, photo ops. Sounds like it's a pretty, uh, you know, interesting, um, uh, interesting event. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. Yep. Good stuff. Now, now, Melvin, one of the things, you know, the comedians I love the most are those who uh, can can see what's going on in the world and just the, the way the comedians are able to put a spin on uh, just things that we see every day. What are some things right now that's going on that you, you know, just kind of you either find funny or you find them so dumb that you can only laugh at them to make sense of it? What, what's what's got you ticking right now in writing new material? Well, you know what? Uh, it's real. The, the whole um, thing about it, L.A. Uh, with the um, with the drone cop and all of that stuff. I've been I've been hearing some things about that, and you know, some people, you know, look kind of like, hey, man, I don't know, that's kind of serious. You know, what are we laughing about that for? And that's what I think I like about comedy. I mean, you know, there's certain, you know, I mean, of course there are boundaries, especially for for me. Like I don't, there's certain boundaries I wouldn't cross. But you know, like you know, things like that. There's always, always, I think. Um, you know, positive to try to find some light 
you know, in some of those dark situations. And so uh, there were some people that were, you know, they've been talking about that in some of the comedy clubs. Uh, the whole scandal phenomenon, me and uh, Brian uh, kind of like laughed about that uh, recently. But, uh, yeah, everybody's uh, loving scandal right now. And, uh, yeah, that's one, of my, that's one of my shows as well. So, like I said, I'll I, I be on here all night if we were talking about Olivia Pope and scandal. So I'm a big I'm scandal a fan, yeah. But we got a minute. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really, as long as it's not so proper, we can talk about scandal. Listen, yeah. hey, y'all about know it. I'm going to check out on the scandal <laughs> discussion. <'cause> <laughs> as, as long as we hey. talk about it as, as a drama, it's not a soap opera. If we talk about it like a soap opera, we can't discuss it. But it's a TV drama, yeah. we can discuss dramas. So, honestly, <laughs> honestly. Well, you know what? I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how it will come off. I'm so deep into the characters now. It might get so popular, so I'm gonna go ahead and <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and not do it because like I'm so deep into the characters now. Y'all will be like, okay, let's cut this. Let's cut this. But well, very, very, I will say, very good show though. Very good show, and all the stuff, all the all the stuff that you've been hearing about it is warranted. Very, very good show. Right. Um, well, 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 maybe what we could do is we is we could get you on every month, and you could do a summary of what's been going on in Scandal, put a little comedic twist. So you know the fellas that that you know don't like soap operas can can relate to it too. Maybe we'll do oh, something man. like hey. that. Hey. hey, just the fact that you said I could, you could do something consistently. Oh yeah, I don't. Hey, I will talk about Scandal. I'll talk about anything. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a great idea. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, you know, I actually I actually have one more question before you go. Okay. Um, I know at, at one point you were doing screenplays. You know, you you had, you had written a mm-hmm. screenplay and and, uh, and mm-hmm. we're trying and shopping that around a little bit. Talk to us about that. I mean, what happened with your screenplay? Is that something that you're still uh, into? Um, what what what's kind of where are you with that? Uh, definitely, definitely still writing. As I said, yeah, my background uh, in writing is definitely cont- cont- you know keeping me continuing to do that. Uh, like I said, uh, me and my, my my writing partner and I are still like on the grind as far as uh you know writing scripts. And um, the first one that we did, uh, you know, we've kind of you know we're, we're still on it. We're still you know kind of like trying to get people to see it. Still trying to think of new twists and new turns. You know, the key to writing, as you you probably know since you're writing as well, is you know rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. So we're always trying to change something to think of something better. And now you know it's been a while since we wrote that first one, so we're kind of maybe trying to you know bring things into you know or change things into um you know some things are probably a bit outdated now. So so we're still we're still dealing with that one, but we have a new one that's uh that that's pretty good that we're trying to uh you know we're kind of putting all putting all our energy into right now. And uh, so yeah, man, we're we're, we're you know, definitely still uh, writing, and we're definitely still trying to pretty much get it to the right people. Um, my writing partner and I have also just been talking about saying, hey, you know, the first time around when we wrote the first script, we were trying our best to get. It. I mean, I think we, you know, we sent it to our story films, and we got it to you know Will Packer, you know, we got it to all of these different people, and of course they were just like, yeah, 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 you know, we, you know, we we we'll, we'll we'll get back to you, we'll call you basically. But this mm-hmm. time around. So this time around, we decided to write a script uh, that we could probably just go ahead and make ourselves in terms of budget and in terms of, you know, location and all that stuff. So, so right. once uh, he and I start talking again, that's pretty much where we are with that one. Like, we're done with the with the script. I mean, you know, of course, there may be some, you know, things that we uh, want to change or tweak, but we're done with the meat of it. And, uh, okay. you know, we're thinking about like, try, trying, to, trying to make it ourselves. So, yeah, okay. definitely still involved in writing. 
Well, awesome. Well, well, you already told us about where you're going to be coming up. Where can people find out more about you? You have a website. You have a have a, a uh, any more information that you'd like to share with the listeners? Definitely, definitely. I got the uh, Facebook joint. Uh, you guys, I'm always uh, pretty much on there. I got a couple of. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, jokes and bits about that. Like again, I'm, I'm a Facebook addict, and I don't mind admitting it. So, uh, you guys can go ahead and uh, check me out on Facebook, searching my name. I also have a, a YouTube comedy page. Uh, I believe now they got it where you can just put my name in, but if not, it's uh, Melda Williams uh, 2000. Yeah, Melda Williams 2000, and uh, that's my uh, YouTube comedy page. You can see all kinds of clips, and. Um, I got a Twitter uh, at at Melvin Williams. I keep it real simple, yeah. Like, it's just kind of you know, you just kind of if you search my name pretty much in Google, you'll you'll run into all of this stuff. Excellent, excellent. Well, thanks, man. Hey, we definitely appreciate having you on the show. We we wish you much success, and uh, and we'll talk about that segment, man. We we might be able to do something. All right, thanks so much, Brian. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Man, you guys are uh, continuing success with you guys as well. This is awesome. All right, thanks. all right, thank you, guys. Wish you best. All right, take care. Cool, good stuff. Let's keep moving because we have another uh, general we want to bring on the line. I love when we have this guy on the uh, the show because he always brings uh, that that knowledge. He always makes me realize just how unsmart I really am, <laughs> by, <laughs> by how smart he is. <laughs> so you know he he is affectionately known to us as the answer. So we want to welcome to the show, Sean Hamilton. Welcome, man. How you guys doing, man? Thanks for having me. Hey man, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for coming for on the on. show, man. Hey, hey, you know, we wanted to have you on the show today because you know, for a very long time, you've been talking about doing a a radio show or a radio blog, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, you and I even talked about it for a while. And I was like, man, Sean, you know, you know, you, you know, you're too, sm- you're you're much smarter than me. I got to be on on the radio with somebody that's not as smart as me. So. <laughs> No, nah, I'm just playing, Ryan. That was that, that was a bad joke, but <laughs> but anyway, anyway, you, know you now, have, now have a you have you have a, a, an actual blog that you're doing, and you're also yeah. doing this um, this this uh, audio blog. Can you talk right. to us a little bit about what's going on in your in your world as far as that goes? Yeah, well, I have the blog set up. It's mostly political um, posts that I, I write about different different subject matters. Sometimes current events, sometimes history. But then to to accompany some of those posts, I've been doing interviews. So, for example, I have a series I'm working on. Not It's kind of related to Black History Month, but not so much. But what I'm looking at is the, the relationship between blacks and conservatives. I think a lot of uh, what, what we know a lot about black history, but we don't know much about sort of the counter-revolution, so to speak, sort of the forces that in many cases came up to oppose um, a lot of the changes that we tried to bring about. So I thought it would be interesting to explore that to kind of give me a, a better picture of the other side of that equation. So that's so that's a series on my blog, and I've been doing interviews for that so far. Uh, you know, I've done two interviews, one with uh, a writer named Corey Robin, who wrote a really good book last year called The Reactionary Mind, and another with a uh, professor down at Emory um, who wrote a book called The Conservatives, which was pretty good. And then um, I have another interview for that next week, and then, Tomorrow I have an interview with uh, with a gentleman um, named Jeffrey Myron. Who's, we're going to be talking about drug legalization. That's another big um, big interest of mine. Just taking a look at the prison industrial complex and uh, and the relationship between that and uh, drug prohibition. So okay. that's um, 
So that's another one I'm going to be looking at. So the 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 interviews are just meant to accompany the blog and sort of clarify some some areas that sometimes I don't necessarily know about or that I may not have um, communicated as clearly as an expert might. Um, right. Well, well, one thing I could definitely say I I, I listened to the first uh, the first interview that you did and and you know I I give you a lot of grief and I, I make fun of you but but you definitely were able to hold your own man you 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 represented your nickname the answer quite well because this was a, a professor who had written books and and you know he, he every question you'd ask he, he'd he'd say that's a good question like almost like he couldn't believe that you asked such a good question <laughs> with a name like Sean. Right, he sure did. But but my so my question and some of the, and these guys are heavy hitters, so my question because a lot of people want to do blogs, a lot of people want to do um, you know, radio shows and part of the, the battle is getting people that are respected in the industry or, or that are, are, are kind of household names in whatever uh, area they are to, to come on the show, and you seem to be doing that with with relative ease. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you line these folks up to, to do these interviews? Yeah, well, one advantage I have is I'm kind of a nerd, you know what I mean? So it's like I'm not reaching out to big, big celebrities. <laughs> so I take a lot. Of, so some of the folks I talk to, they, you know, they, they actually are excited to have um, somebody, somebody that's not an academic besides their, besides their computer or something. That's right. <laughs> but somebody that's not an academic take interest in what they write about. So I mean, the first thing I would do, or I would tell anybody, is just you know reach out to the the person that you have interest in, try to find them, uh, Google them, and just write them, tell them you you like their work, and that you want to talk to them about you know what they've been writing about or what they've you know done a movie about or whatever. I mean, I, a lot of times. People want exposure. You know, they they need exposure. They they need a they need a, a forum where they can talk um, and not have to speak in sound bites. You know, if you think mm-hmm. about a lot of times, if you go on um, CNN or or uh, Fox News or somewhere like that, like you know, you've got a, a matter of seconds to try to communicate what what sometimes is a really compl- complex idea. You know, mm-hmm. and so but that's not really my format's nothing like that. So you know, I'm able to give people an opportunity to speak very, you know, at length about what they've written about or, you know, what they've been researching for a long time. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the first step is just to reach out to people and, and just tell them you like their work and that you're interested in talking to them more. About what they're, okay. What they're doing. Great. So, uh, let me ask Sean, before we get too deep into it, since this is already up, I mean, how can people listen to it? We haven't given out the information. Do you have the site address or something like that? So we can yeah, my, to... my, um, my website is um, duelinginterest.com. Okay, and um, yeah, and my you know my posts are all there, and I have tabs for you know different groupings. So I have a the Blacks and Conservatives series is is in its own section, and and uh, but I, like I said, I write about I occasionally write about movies. I wrote a review for Django Unchained. Um, mm-hmm. I occasionally will write about hip hop if I if there's something I think you know I, I have something to add to it. I mean I'm I'm uh, you know I'm not necessarily the ideal person to write about you know. Hip hop anymore, <laughs> and <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> you know, you know, and, you know nothing about two chains, right? Very little, man. Very little. Right, um, right. He was my mother's alma mater, I think. So I don't know. I give her a hard time about that. Did he? But, did he? Where's that? <laughs> did I think Alabama State? So <laughs> yeah. he, is, he is. I don't Alabama. know if he graduated or not. I don't know if he graduated. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think he's. I did. Okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he, he's a full fledged Bama. So probably, <laughs> probably did. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was such a bad joke. That was so bad. Oh, I know it was. 
I just throw I just throw them out. Well, I I wanted to say something too before we get you out of here. Um, so, you know, the first guy that you had, he was kind of he was he was pretty critical of of the conservative movement. Uh, one really cool thing about it though is that people think of the conservative movement being kind of a an American thing, but I mean there have been conservative movements all around the, the globe. And he yeah. and he talked about you know the conservative movements in in Europe and different things. And I guess this next guy you have is uh, is kind of you know more sympathetic towards the conservative conservatives but my question to you so as you look at conservatism because because you are a, a bit of a libertarian i believe um are, is there is there anything <laughs> is there anything in kind of the conservative um the conservative platform that that you really think would resonate with black people um hmm. yeah i mean I, I think that some some libertarians have made a pretty strong case for prison reform um what I, what I say a lot of times is that conservatives often come to the right conclusion for the wrong reasons. And so if you just take some states, for example, are going broke from imprisoning people. And so they're taking a serious, so a lot of Republican governors are taking a serious look at prison reform. Now, it might be ideal to, 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 to look at prison reform for, you know, humanitarian reasons or moral reasons, but, I mean, it's, it's, I guess, it's, you know, you take what you can get. So... You know, so I think on certain issues, I think prison reform, they tend to be, um, or they seem to be coming around on that to some extent. Um, you definitely get a lot of libertarians who make a, a solid case for drug reform, um, legalization or decriminalization. Uh, so, you know, I, I think conservatives, when at, at their best, tend to, tend to look for incremental change and to look for, um, so, sort of to look at the past as a, as, for precedent and and base their conclusions on that at their best. Um, you know, at their worst, we get a lot of what you see now where, you know, it's just more of a lot of gridlock and, and a lot of guys just kind of hunkering down and, and trying to, to control the conversation and and, uh, and limit, you know, everything that, that we try to, that people try to accomplish. So, Got you. Well, well, I'm, well, well. You know, I'm gonna have to call you out for saying that that black people would like like to uh, be able to smoke weed and make it legal, and to you know not have to serve long prison sentences. <laughs> like, nah, it is nah. nothing else, man. <laughs> nah, man. I, you, you know what? I mean, the the, the drug re- drug reform is important, man, because I think that and, and many, you know, we're not the main users of drugs anyway. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're not. I mean, we you know the, the main users of drugs in many cases are middle class white cats. And but but the but the open air drug markets tend to be in poor black communities. So folks come there to buy drugs, and what happens when you have an open air drug market is you have a lot of other crime that goes along with it. You know what I mean? You have an uptick in trafficking, violence, you know, drug trafficking, violence, shootings, um, prostitution, all kinds of additional costs that people who don't even use drugs in the community pay. And so it's one of those things where it's sort of like the the you know the Poorest and the weakest folks in the community are paying the highest price for it, and that's one of the reasons I think we got to take another look at it. Sean, let me ask you this: as a host myself, I know I have a wish list of, of uh, guests I would like to have. So let me just ask you: who are some of the uh, people that you really um, want to involve in these conversations? And then, kind of, what is your your main goal with this? What do you want to accomplish uh, by sparking these conversations going forward? Yeah, well, you know, I want. Um, this is a good question about who you know who my my ideal guests are. I'm, st- I'm not so sure yet. Right now, 
Um, I'd like to have Fareed Zakari. I think he's a sharp guy. I'd like to talk to him. Obviously, I think everybody would like to talk to the president at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, you know, I, as far as what I want to accomplish, I mean, to me, man, the most important thing is for people to have better answers or better solutions to a lot of what, you know, afflicts their communities. You know what I mean? Like, it's not enough to, to just assume what, you know, make assumptions about what can and can't be accomplished politically. It's, you know, first you got to have the right idea, you know, and then, you know, as the saying goes, what's, what's impossible becomes inevitable, you know. Mm-hmm. But if people don't talk and think, then you can't, you know, you, you never get the right answer, you know. Cool. Well, well, I'll tell you what, I mean, now that uh, President Obama is in his second term, uh, perhaps we'll be able to get him on since you're talking about black people. Look, and we do well, not want we don't want Luther on, on here, uh, Key and Peter. Uh, we, we'll, we'll do without him. Thank you very much. <laughs> Luther. Luther's the, the, uh, the uh, black translator that they have on there. You know, the oh, guy Lord. that's going yeah, to no, no, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We had the comedian whisper. Now we got the R&B singer whisper <laughs> on the line talking to the dead R&B guy. Anyway, <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop. Well, hey, Sean, man, you are always a pleasure to have on the show, man. One Thanks of our, for having one of our best guests. So, so we appreciate you coming on. Hey, and, what? Hold on, hold on. Anytime, I hate to cut you off, Brian. Oh, Brian, I don't want to cut you off. Uh, but before uh, Sean gets off, we do have a caller that uh, looks like they have a question. So, in case it's for Sean, I don't want you to get off the phone quite yet. Okay. Let's uh, go to this call real quick before we get ready. Uh, before we let you go, Sean. Hold on. Okay. I'm just waiting. It's the computer. Gives me the time. <laughs> there we go. All right, welcome to the show. You calling from three one three? You have a question? Hey guys, this is Peter. Uh, how's it going this evening? Call from Peter. a different number. He fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're great, Peter. Man, how are you? I'm great. I'm sorry. I'm catching the show late. Just uh, a little uh, busy this evening. But uh, Peter, you got a question or a comment, man? Oh man, I just have a comment. Uh, you know, it's good to hear uh, Sean's voice. You know. Um, Glad to hear more of the folks in R&B contributing on on the uh, live show. So uh, that's that's just a really great thing. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, man. Hey, man. Thanks, thank thanks Peter. We we always appreciate you calling in, buddy. <laughs> oh, no you, problem. Man. No problem at all. You guys all have right. a good evening. Hey, you too. Peter, right. take care, man. Thanks. All right. All right, Pete. I'm glad we held you on, Sean. Make sure that you got a chance to talk to Peter. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, man. Great. You. Give out the information one more time. Yes, uh, the, the website is uh, duelinginterest.com. Uh, make sure you subscribe, and uh, you'll get email updates as uh, as I um, as I update it and add add new entries. Um, and feel free to comment. And uh, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, all right. I just want to thank him for being my friend. He makes my averages go up. Oh, I know he really does. You know the crazy thing that he's off the line, but this cat is getting like you know he's getting like a couple thousand hits on his uh, on his interviews. So that I mean that, that's really awesome. It just you know he just started that. So so um, so much success to to our R and B family member Sean Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So I tell you what, <laughs> no, I'm not even gonna say anything about. Let's just keep him moving. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, it had nothing to do with John, so that's why I kept moving. There's a lot of stuff going on, man. <laughs> then, uh, you know, we like to end the show with just kind of the ask R&B segment. I'll kind of take on things, man. 
<laughs> so many things are going on in the, the last show alone. So we just kind of want to kind of run down some of the laundry list of stuff, man. Just kind of talk about what's going on in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess we'll start with in no particular order. Let me see what what else? let's see the oldest piece of news. Um, the Alicia Keys halftime show. I don't know if you were able to see that or not. I didn't watch the game, but I had to YouTube the show after everyone was talking about it. And then I had to compare it to the Beyonce halftime show. I know you saw the Beyonce show. Oh, yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, the Alicia Keys show, you know, I, I don't know what happened to her. Uh, I, I don't know if I can blame this on Swizzy. Uh, maybe the baby took something out of her. But Alicia Keys, um, uh, she, she she can't sing. She, uh, she, I don't, if you didn't see the show, uh, her voice totally went out a couple times singing her own songs. Uh, she tried to do some dance numbers and things. I don't know, you know, what I think I'm seeing in her is what I'm seeing in some other artists as well. And I think the um, that Beyonce has set the bar. And we're going to limit this conversation because two guys can't talk about Beyonce and Alicia for too long. But right. I'm talking about, you know, <laughs> what I think that uh, <laughs> I think that Beyonce, <laughs> I think Beyonce has set the bar so high right now for what an entertainer is that any other uh, woman uh, to feel relevant on her level is really having to come out of their own a comfort zone. You know, Lisa was known for sitting at the piano, playing and singing. And now, you know, after seeing Beyonce rip the stage at, uh, at the Superdome, I think Alicia felt like, you know, i got to come up from the piano. It's kind of like the John Legend syndrome. He had to finally get up from that piano and do something. And I think that a lot of the artists were starting to see, you know, if you just stay in your lane, you know, Beyonce, is a spe- she's a special person. So, you know, you can't really try to compete and take away from what she has, uh, but you only hurt your own brand by trying that. So, um, you know, I don't know, what, what, what's your take on on that? Am I off here? Am I just, you know? Uh, no, I think I think what, one thing that, that I would just add to that is, you know, the thing about Beyonce, if you understand her story, I mean, Matthew knows when they were girls' time or whatever, he had them, like, running and singing from, like, age, like, three, you know, at, like, three years old. <laughs> right. They're running and singing so that, so that, you know, she's basically been conditioned over years to be able to sing and dance at the same time. You know, that that's her thing and, and and you know, that's what made it so funny when there was this that big hullabaloo about her having uh, a lip sync track. It's like, man, everybody knows Beyonce can sing and she mm-hmm. can sing and dance at the same time. So I think that um I think for somebody like Alicia Keys to come out and try to do, you know, what what's not even really, you know, just a Beyonce thing. When I look at Beyonce, I think Tina Turner all day. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, Turner people, obviously. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. But I'm, yeah. All I'm saying is just for them to come out and, and try to do that, it, it's really, like you said, uh, does themselves a disservice, especially if they haven't put in the type of time that um, that Beyonce has put into it uh, to be able to, to perform like she can. So, so that, I mean, I think that's one issue, but you you touched on a good point just about her voice in general. And I've been, you know, I've been hearing that her voice has been going out for a long time. And, you know, I think it's one of those things, kind of like Mary J. Blige, her voice went out for a while. I think sometimes you, you get artists to have just that general fatigue and, and, you know, she might just have to have to work on getting that back. But I would I would advise her to uh work at the piano first, get the get the pipes back before um yeah. put any dance moves in. I don't know. I wonder if, if Patty LaBelle ever had to rest her voice. I mean that lady still could sing like she was fifty <sighs> years ago, so it's just something Man. about the oldest I mean Saka Khan can still do it. Aretha Franklin can still do it. I don't know what it is about the young ones who, who don't seem to have that anymore. I don't know. When you say Patty LaBelle, you know you send me to a whole <laughs> other planet. 
<laughs> Look, I got my eyes closed and my hand up with with a ball. Right. You know, you know that. that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, now I will say Shaka Khan, man. There 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 was a time when Shaka Khan was kind of uh, stinking it up in the live performances. But you're absolutely right, Patty Labelle, Gladys Knight. You're not gonna get a bad show out of them, and right. and you know right. they're they're the they're the cream of the of the cream. So so that's uh, <laughs> cool. But then well, um, let's see. Next thing, I guess we can real quick touch on this. Another music story. Um, a lot of music stuff here. Cloud Davis, man. I think I don't know. He's been, he is like the the father of modern pop stars, man. He, he's uh, the, the one's Arista Records. He came out in his uh, uh, memoir that he indeed is bisexual. Um, I, I don't think that anyone is surprised to hear about anyone really nowadays in the music industry as being bisexual at all. Um, but I guess the question for this might be, I mean, was it necessary? Do you feel like this was something that, added anything to his legacy, took away from his legacy. Um, I don't know. I, I joked about it earlier, called it the year of the ocean, where he's like, you know, that seems to be the thing. Everyone wants to come out now and that, <laughs> you know, after the break ocean, when his grand people coming out. Um, well, what do you think about Clive? The confession. Yeah, or admission, the, I should say. I don't know. The Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic. No, you know what I'm not even going to Frank, the Frank Ocean. <laughs> Frank but, Ocean. Uh, but you know, well, you know, I I think from from what I understand, that was part of his um part of his memoir, and mm-hmm. when you write a memoir, I think that there, there's something to be said for being pretty transparent in in it, and it's it's you know this is one of those times in history where that's actually something that um is not only accepted but in some cases actually can enhance your uh, popularity, so you know. It, it is what it is. I, I think that if, if he was just being uh, very open and, and being honest about it, it, I think people should feel okay about it. And, and one thing that I will say is from what I understand, it, it wasn't a huge part of the book either. It wasn't a huge part of the memoir. I mean, he just he just gave – it was like maybe five pages where he talked about a few, a few little escapades that he had and a few little um, – I won't say little relationships because I know they are committed um, relationships that he had. And, you know, it it wasn't all about I'm Clive Davis and I'm gay. It was just kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm Clive Davis and this is my life. And and one of those uh, one of those pieces in my life is the fact that you know I I, I got down with a gay doctor or something like that. So um, so I, you know I think I think that it was it was done in a very honest fashion and and uh, and I, I applaud him for it. Cool. How about you? What are your thoughts? I thought I started with my thoughts, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think you probably did start with your thoughts. Yeah. I'm just used to you kind of expounding a little bit more on your thoughts. But hey, you're right. You just said yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> so you're right. I mean, that, that's it. At this point, that, that's that's not newsworthy to me anymore. I mean, someone's sexuality is not newsworthy. I hate to see it um, used in a way to try to market someone or make money off of it. Um, it's, it's just not newsworthy anymore to me. So, I don't know. But um, <clears throat> we'll move on. Speaking of sex, the next story, I love these segues. <laughs> Man, did you hear about the mother? The mother who, uh, as I read the story, just got more and more salacious. Uh, this mom, uh, her son, come out, she was 33 years old, 33-year-old mother. Her son turned 16, and uh, she had a party going at the uh, local uh, spare time bowling alley. And she hired two strippers for him. Yeah. Mom had two strippers for her son's 16th birthday party. 
she's got arrested for that. She's in a lot of trouble for endangering uh, youth. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently there were young boys as young as 13 years old with these girls getting lap dances. Um, <laughs> as a boy, I, I can see why that would be exciting, why you'd feel like that was the greatest thing. Um, however, how did something like this happen, Brian? How, how in this day and age, I thought this was a private party, maybe the basement when I read it and realized this was done publicly at a bowling alley. Right. How did she think she was going to get away with this? Why does she think this was cool? Why not just wait two more years till he turned 18 for this big surprise? What is going on right now? Uh, well, even if he was 18, if it's at the spare time's bowling alley, I mean, I personally blame it on um, the reduction in um, education funding for the public school systems across this nation. Man. <laughs> I have no idea. It is absolutely ridiculous that somebody would decide to do something like this. I, you know, I, I, once upon a time, you know, sometimes I mean I I know friends whose moms got them like Playboy magazine or something like that, you know. And you, so if you're if you're cool with your mom, I can understand that. But the fact that you know she took it upon herself to expose the rest of these boys to that really shows such an error in judgment that there isn't much else to say. But she was just dumb, damn dumb, and she didn't understand. <laughs> so I don't right. know. Yeah. We need we need to we need to have uh what what's what's the guy's name flash in the pan um you are really dumb for real uh Antoine oh, right. Dotson we need to we need to get an Antoine yeah. Dotson um what you call you know what okay now this is funny you know I've had that sound clip on our show since like it never happened and I literally after last week's show deleted it because I never used it wow and then you bring it up today <laughs> <laughs> and you bring it up today and I'm like dag is gone. <laughs> right, right. I was like, you know, I couldn't find the right guest to play it for. Well, I could have played it for one guest, but that would have been me. But anyway, we love and we love that guest. Let it be. <laughs> Let it be. It's part of the show now. Okay. I tell you what, man. Hey, we gonna keep moving. Keep moving. Next story up. Let me see. Speaking of uh, kids and everything, you heard about the man who uh, slapped a 19-month-old baby on the plane. I did hear about that. Yeah, and that one right there kind of threw me for a loop right there. I, um, apparently, you know, the story, I don't know if it was confirmed or not, but the lady said she thinks he was drunk when he got on the plane. He was drinking while he was on the plane. Uh, stories happened now that he's been fired from his job. Uh, but this man told, uh, and, and apparently it wasn't just he just slapped the baby. For those who may not have followed the story, uh, you know, he was on the plane, the baby was crying. He tells uh, the lady to... Uh, shut that little N-word baby up. Uh, it was a white lady. Apparently she adopted the baby, um, and the baby was black or mixed or whatever it might have been. I don't know. Um, but the white man told her to shut that little N-word baby up. And when that didn't happen, he slapped the baby. He slapped the baby, which, of course, made the baby cry even more. Uh, you know, I, jail was the last place I ever want to find myself. I really don't have any intention of being in jail ever, but I just can't see me not ending up there after how I would have dealt with this situation had it been uh, me on the plane and, and seeing this happen. Uh, I've always been the person I've never take I was drunk as an excuse for anything. That's never an excuse to me because you chose to get drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had two kids. I've had two kids. You know, what What would you have done? How would you handle a situation? And, and, and how do you feel like, how do you feel about the response and how it was handled so far? Well, 
Well, I, the fact that he's going to jail or he got arrested or whatever, I think that's great. He lost he's lost his job. I think that's great. Um, you know, I'm 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 one of those those people that just like you, I I, I would absolutely hate to go to jail um, for for any reason. Um, and but at the same time, I hate to say what I would do and what I wouldn't do <laughs> because right. a lot of times we say, "Hey, man, I would have done this, I would have done that." Then when it happens, you're like, "Oh, oh my goodness, what do I do?" And then you know, one of those situations where you you have a moment to do it or not do it, and then you're like, "Man, if I could go back, I would have done this." So I I won't really say what I what I would what I would or wouldn't do. What I would what I will say is that I understand that you know as a parent traveling with young kids, people don't don't I mean people don't want to sit. By that young kid, but the parent is super nervous about being that parent with that kid. So you uh, know the fact right. that the, that that parent was already probably feeling bad about the fact that the kid was crying. Plus, you know that this man gets up and assaults the child. You know, I think that um, that I, I would I would I, I would think that she should have some type of civil case against the against the guy too. And I would and I would uh, that's one thing that I might do is uh, try to pursue some kind of civil action against him to get some <laughs> moolah out of it. And apparently it was it was during the plane's descent. So you know during the descent here's the pop and the baby doesn't mm. really know how to handle it. I mean, we all I I don't think there's anything wrong where we all would we get on the plane, we're like, I don't want to sit next to the babies. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But right. at some point you understand, hey, if the baby could help itself it wouldn't be crying. Right. So I think you gotta take that into consideration. I don't know, your your answer kinda of sound like you might niche up a little bit on that, but um <laughs> yeah, you know, I I I am just I just don't talk big, man. You know, I'm not that guy that like lists like, man, you know what, I would I would have hit him in the mouth. Like shoot, I don't nah, know if I do it with Mikey. You could have I'd have to I ain't going that far. I ain't gonna say what I would have done. I didn't know what it I know if I if I'm holding a kid, well here's the thing, you know what, I'm gonna say this and I said this in our Facebook group. I, I wholeheartedly believe that if uh, the woman was there with any man uh-huh. that that dude would never have done that. So I right. definitely think that's a bigger situation, bigger. Um, you know, that's that's something for another show. Uh, you know, why he felt that he was uh, that he could do that uh, with her because there was no man around. I, I don't think that he would have, he would have done that at all if she had a man with her. Um, so that's that's just another whole thing. Right. So. Yeah, and one thing I will say is I told you I told you the uh, my story about the um, about the uh, mixed martial arts fighter and how uh, oh, yeah. he looked like a, like a regular dude, and then I saw he was in the octagon. Man, listen, you you go sparking up if you want to. That's all I gotta say. I'm not getting folded up like origami in front of a whole no, uh, I, I, plane I, full of people. No. No white guys have superhuman strength and start fighting them, especially when they grow up. So you guys watch them. For real. Right, right. Man, the last thing, man, because I tell you another segue, y'all might get mad at me, but, you know, she wasn't with the man. So maybe maybe she couldn't find one. Maybe she couldn't find a man, and it sounds like she might have needed this new book that's coming out by Reverend Run and Tyrese. And they have a relationship book coming out, Brian. Right. And, um, you know, I <laughs> – Someone posted it. I still haven't been able to read the full story to understand how this collaboration happened, what their goal is with this book. But um, just on the subject of uh, all these men who have all the answers for the ladies on how to find a man, uh, you know, are we, we going to see this end? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, and we saw what it did for, for uh, Steve Harvey. I mean, his device got him two best-selling books, got him um, – a deal. He got his own daytime talk show. Got him a movie that made over sixty million dollars. It got him hosting Family Feud uh, from from telling women how to get a man. 
why wouldn't somebody else want to follow in those footsteps and do the same thing? Look, in, in every industry, it, it definitely happens. So I, I'm not um, I'm not surprised this happened. But one thing that that cracks me up about this is that I've followed Tyrese on Twitter for about a good three to four years, I think. Uh-huh. And dude, Tyrese is I hate to say it because I like Tyrese, man, sweet lady. That was a, that that first album was a jam and everything, but. He says some ignorant stuff on Twitter. <laughs> so the, the fact that, yeah. that that he's you know he's telling people in one one piece of criticism that he's received is that he is single. He, you know he does have he he has has kids that you know he wasn't married. He he has kids out of some past relationships, and they're like, well, why are you why are you an expert? And he's just saying, hey, I'm trying I'm just trying to let these these ladies and I think he probably said females. So these females understand, um, you know these different things so they don't end up with the wrong man. But I'm just like, you know, you have no real basis to, to um, you have no real basis to say that you're an expert and to write about this stuff. But I guess, you yeah. know, the women buy it. So, shoot, why not? You know, that's a way to monetize your Twitter feed. People, A lot of people follow his Twitter, so I guess that, that's that's a decent way to go, at least for him. Yeah. I guess, it, like I said, I mean, if the market is going to bear it and buy it, I guess you can't knock it with so much because then they call us haters. You know, we should have built it first. I think you and I, I think we're going to do the R&B guide to getting men like, and that's what I'm going to say. What kind of man are they trying to attract? Is Are the books like, hey, here's how you get a man like me? Uh-huh. Dude is, a, you know, if he's a player, if he's got only women, why do you want a man like him? So what kind of man are you, are you teaching these ladies how to get? What kind of lady, you know, is asking for this advice? You know, how do I get a man? I don't know. So they want, a, with, they want a man with either ripped up abs or a uh, or a reverend a reverend run hat. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I guess that's what they're going to get from that book. Or a man with a real thick mustache and my Steve Harvey's book. Right, but, right, um, in, the hair, in a hair piece. Right, right, right. R and B guide to getting men is coming out in 2013. Watch for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. The top of this. This is a little, little small time, man. We about to blow it up, man. Anyway, it's that time, man. It's time to say goodbye to all our company. I'm still going to tell everybody how they can keep in touch with us throughout the week. All right. Well, you know, you can get in touch with us on uh, online at www.ribrideshow.com. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash show. Twitter is at show, And we still have the blog, com. Thank you so much for your support, as always, and we'll see you next week. Peace. right now, don't aim for the block. Aim for the stars. Neptune's that earn your rain is in Mars. So even if you fall, you can land in the cloud. Better aim for the mansion and land in the house. Sky ain't the limit no more. Look past that. See the finish line. And then last.